Life Audio. Today on Talk About That, John gets the flu and makes me sing the highest harmony notes ever at his wedding. Meanwhile, I ambush John's former teenage celebrity crush for a cruise ship selfie and tell the story of Abe Lincoln becoming buddies with the guy who wanted to kill him, plus a conversation about how to disagree with someone without dehumanizing them. Today's episode is not sponsored by books. It's like an audiobook, but with the captions on. But first, a word from our actual sponsor. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for working everything out for my good. Help me trust in your perfect plan. Amen. Father, thank you for loving and caring for me. With Christian prayer meditation, you can pray along to prayers based on specific topics. Go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Christian prayer meditation. You can also download the Abide app for biblical meditations at abide.com. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ. John, we're back for another episode of Talk About That, here from lovely Mount Julia, Tennessee. Joining the land of the living again, John. You were sick last week. Yeah, that's why we didn't have a, uh, a brand new episode. Still got a little crud rattling around. <clears throat> it's around a little, there. it's rattling. Yeah, we, we released though a really cool encore episode. That, and, uh, do you think people people knew it? They were like, these nah, people. these guys. Like I listen to. So, there's a few podcasts that I'm pretty loyal to, and when they do the encore episodes, I'm like, here we go. Here we go, lazy people. Stop trying to force this down my. I was very sick. My daughter yeah. got flu. I yeah. tested negative, but um, you just said she got <clears> flu. <throat> she got flu. She got she got flu. She got flu, y'all. <laughs> I think we've talked about this before, but I like the flu because it's one of those things that you can spread it as you say it. You know, you can be like, "I have the flu," flu. and you do too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a. It's one nice. of those. It's very. It's got a little onomatopoeia to it. Are you a type A flu guy or type B? What's your preference? Huh? Which one is, uh, well, you had respiratory, right? Isn't there a stomach flu? Well, People they, call it they, the stomach flu. I think really, they, that's a stomach bug. Right. Call that's it the stomach the flu? flu. No. It's not influenza of the stomach. Okay. It's just a, it's influenza a southernism. It's a, uh, it's its, its own respiratory. thing. Yeah. It's respiratory. Or, and uh, it's fever, things like that. Chills. Yeah. Uh huh. <clears throat> no, this is all respiratory. It still is, as you can tell. Yeah, you got problems, dude. No, it's fine. It'll clear out. You're going to give it to me. I got to go on the road. You'll be fine. I'm leaving tomorrow. No, you're not, because I've got you sick. Uh, well, that's why we didn't That's why we didn't record. I didn't want to get you sick, because we can't help, can't mess up Johnny's precious career. I mean, <laughs> gosh. I made it through uh, both cruises that I had to do without getting sick. Like no physical sickness at all. No physical sickness. No seasickness. And there was one day on this cruise, the second cruise I did, it was choppy, my friend. Really? It was it was one of those like you never you ever on a plane 
and you never get worried until you see like the steward the stewardesses. Oh wow! You never get worried until you see the flight attendants. Thank you. Getting upset. Uh huh. If you see them like you know doing the sign of the cross or whatever, <laughs> you're like, okay, okay, this is for real. Yeah, this turbulence is for real. People are writing notes to their family. You're like, that's the pilot. Okay. <laughs> But uh, hands on the wheel, sir. That's what this was. I was watching the crew, and I would say, like, is the is everything choppy to you guys? They go, oh yeah. And okay. a few of them said, like, we got seasick. Oh, wow. and they live in the boat. That's what they do. And you just go, oh <clears throat> no. So it was that bad. And this is February, so it, you, usually it's calmer. What I don't know if they just didn't go around some tropical storm that they should have, but it was just that one day. But man, it was. They said people that were on this because there's 16 decks to this boat, yeah. and like. There's an area of the boat that we were on that was called like the Aurea, and they're like the suites, uh-huh. like the high end people stay in. I uh-huh. was not there. We were on like whatever thirteen or something. Do you have I a was, balcony? Yeah, I had a balcony. Okay, okay. There's a nice suite. We had a nice stateroom. Yeah, but the the nice Aurea staterooms that you pay like multi dollars for, they're on the sixteenth. Uh-huh. That's not where you want to be if the ship is rocking because it's it's so much more pronounced. Right. The higher up you are in the boat. It's like being in one of those like sixteen passenger vans. Yeah. You know, they're so top heavy they'd start tipping over so that now there's almost like bank you don't see those anymore. Right. Those big vans. So it's like that. You're in, and people said they fell out of bed. Oh, wow. A few people are like, Yeah, we fell out of bed. I'm like, oh my gosh. That's like a You total- pay all that money and you're like, Well, it was something. <laughs> Got knocked into the dresser. That's why I take uh, straps when I go on cruises. Do you? Strap, you strap yourself, yourself down, down every night. Put a, uh, put a bungee cord down. And <laughs> my wife really is like, like she is like a walking Pinterest, yeah, you know, board of cruise stuff. Like, did you know the walls are are magnetic? No, and so you can put like little hooks. Just get the little hooks from like Dollar Tree. Well, they're not magnetic, magnetic, but they're metal. So you right. put magnets on them. Magnets on them. No, no, yeah. they're magnetic. <laughs> it's like a chamber. It's My like... pacemaker's going crazy <laughs> over here. <laughs> and so, like, we'll have all kinds of little hooks all over the walls and little things. <laughs> the, st- <laughs> the guy shows up every morning. Here are the results of your MRI. You go, I didn't have an MRI. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So you could put hooks and things on the. She, yeah, she's got the she's got the true travel hack. Oh, she's got all the like the little um, little laundry con- collapsible laundry basket things. Okay. I mean, sure. We yeah. When we Although every laundry basket's collapsible if you put if it you up try there. hard enough, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you sit on it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, I like cruising though. I we had so much fun. Curry got to go with me both times, and we had such a blast. Um, yeah, and uh, this last one. It was one of those, like, the CCM stars, you know, were aboard. Like, we had Natalie Grant on the boat mm-hmm. doing a concert. There was a, remember the group Selah? I do. They did a show. I did a show. Oh. I did, like, three shows. Yeah. And so then, when the, the night, the first night, they go, hey, we're doing a big, like, opening two, sh- two shows, basically, but it's services. But they go, we're introducing some of the entertainment to the crowd, too. Yeah. And they wanted me to do like 15 minutes that night. So it's like, hey, here's Johnny. This is the guy who's going to be doing the show on Tuesday and Friday night. So I was like, great. What an honor. Because there's so many people on the boat that are like really gifted. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cool to get to do like a spot, showcase spot. Yeah. And so I did two different sets in front of 1,700 people each time. Wow. So, and uh, this gigantic theater on the, it was one of the biggest showrooms that I've been on on these cruise ships. It was so huge and beautiful. And, uh, 
that night, the surprise for the people on board was that they were doing a movie trailer for the uh, this movie called Unsung Hero, which is about the story of the Smallbone family, uh, Rebecca St. James yeah. and her brothers, uh, who are for King and Country. So it's about their family story and kind of how they they were how they kind of made it, yeah. how the family all pitched in and like they made their own way and all this stuff. And so right. it's kind of a cool story. And it's a real Hollywood production. It's not like one of those, like it didn't, like when I watched the trailer, I was like, this doesn't look like the normal faith-based film where it's like, you can just tell like, all right, this costs $12 right. to make. And, and, uh, what was the one about, they do the story of Jesus. Brian Bates has a bit about this, about how they do the story of Jesus, but because of tax incentives, they had to film it in Dalton, Dalton, Georgia. <laughs> so you see the sea of Galilee, but behind it's a waffle house sign or whatever <laughs> over the horizon. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, this looked really good. And I was like, oh, and then she showed up like she was on the boat. And so nobody Rebecca St. James. Rebecca St. James was on the boat to answer. They did a Q&A with her. And wow. she kind of talked about it. she's so excited. The film's come out in April and this labor of love for their family. And so I was like, oh, how cool. And then I thought, well, she'll get off the boat. Because, you know, a lot of these people get off the boat at ports and they just go back. Yeah. You know, they'll like, oh, we're going to go to Jamaica and I'll fly home from Jamaica. But I got to do my, you know, my 20 minute thing on the boat and whatever. But so that I did my show Tuesday and then Friday, they had to turn away people Tuesday night. So there's like 500 people that can fit in this little lounge that I did my full show in. Yeah. And so they lined up all like they said they were taking a video of like the line of people. They said we had to turn people away. Wow. I was like, oh, I said, well, I've got one more on Friday. Did you tell them like if they didn't come to this one, they can come to Friday. It's the same show. They go, yeah. They go, but it's still not going to be enough because we have 3,500 people in the boat. I go, oh. So I said, well, what if we did a second? So that day, I, Friday night, I go, let's do a second show if you're cool with it. And they were like, we're okay if you're okay with it. And so we added a second show. So we got more people in. And then after the second show, which was like 11 p.m. when it started. Jeez. So they went from like 11 to midnight. And then we all went up. And, you know, you're at the thing. You're getting a hamburger because I'm hungry. Right. And everything. You know, it's still open. There's some things still open on the boat. Yeah. And I went up and uh, this uh, lady was up in the restaurant or whatever and she was like i really enjoyed the show and i was like great and then i get in line and there's this really like handsome guy and i kind of you know got behind him and then he was like we really enjoyed the show and he goes i saw you were talking to rebecca and i go oh, that was rebecca and i didn't know it was rebecca's name they stayed up she goes yeah we stayed up wow to go to your show wow so i was like what a what a crazy thing wow like to just to meet her was so fun but like the idea that she was like no we we knew that you were doing a show and we saw you added a late night so we stayed up to go to your show yeah. Interesting. Like, what a trip. Wow. So then we took a photo later in the week. I kind of I kind of ambushed her because I forgot to take a photo that night yeah. when she was kind of like ready for a photo. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I was kicking myself. I told Curry the next day, I go, I didn't get a photo with Rebecca St. James. And here she was like saying nice things about my comedy. Yeah. And you didn't even take the time. And I didn't even, because I just always want to be living the moment. And she was John. probably thinking like, I'm not like you doing it for the gram. <laughs> But I did kick myself, and I was like, what are we going to do? And then we're shopping for knickknacks for her dad yeah. in the gift shop uh, of the boat. And then I see her. She's standing there. But she's kind of like, you know, her hair's pulled up. It's not – she's not ready for a photo with me. She wasn't She wasn't anticipating well, it's very, somebody it's mobbing very judgy, her. Well, that's what I mean. Like, I'm trying to be judgy, but I just know that she was just like, sure, I'll take a photo and – this is the photo you're going to post, right? And I'm not ready yeah. for this photo. But she still did it, and she was very kind. And I haven't posted it, but when I do, just know I ambushed her for this photo. Right. This is the second time you came to her. Yes. Yeah. So I apologize, and Rebecca was very kind. 
And, uh, <laughs> she's a legend. I mean, can you got to say, I mean, 20 year career. I was a huge fan career. when I was a teenager. Yeah. Huge fan. So, um, she was super sweet and I hope the movie does well. It's called unsung hero. You can see it in April, I believe. Theaters. Mm-hmm. You remember uh, her first big hit? I think it was God, yeah, right? It's called God. Yeah. Which for Christian music, that's Christian music. That's go, go all in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Why not? Hey, speaking of going all in, Johnny. Yeah. You know who else is going all in? What's that? Our sponsors. Our fine sponsors. <laughs> Let's take a moment to hear a word from a few of them. Do you want to better understand the Bible and give biblical answers to those who ask you about your faith? Hi, this is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Podcast Show. Listen to us weekly as we bring the truth often found in the ivory towers of seminary down to the steeple towers of the local church. Join me along with many of the nation's top theologians as we offer answers to life tough questions from an apologetic perspective. Subscribe to the show at lifeaudio.com. There's a rumor, and my wife's listening to this. Oh. There's a rumor she's listening? There's a rumor that she would perpetuate okay. that when I was a teenager, I had a crush on Rebecca St. James. Oh, I think a lot of people did. We right? are the same age. And so, and she went to a church in Hendersonville okay. with friends of mine from school. Right. So, but uh, that's a, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's weird because like when I started out and then we started out in music together. Yeah. And so we would, you know, we, honestly, we idolized CCM star, but there was like a group of people that we, we were like, we saw their careers. We wanted to be them or we, we looked up to them. Right. And so then you kind of, I got kind of, I don't know, whatever, whatever happened. We got kind of spit out the other side of the Christian music industry unsigned to this day. We've been unsigned. <laughs> uh, but then you kind of, it loses a little bit of its luster. I think a lot of that whole like secular versus sacred wall that was up in the eighties, nineties and early two thousands of like, um, now it's just like people just listen to music and then people, there is still Christian music industry, but it's just a little bit different. And so then I started doing comedy in churches and you get invited to do these big festivals and you get to go do these events. And I just, I can't help but think what would like 1999 right. Johnny be thinking about being on stage with the newsboys. Yeah. Like he would be losing his be mind. freaking out. And I'm just trying to be like, okay, I'm trying to do my, I'm trying to remember my jokes and just do yep. a good job. But it's not like some, the only time I've ever really gushed over a couple of times, one was Phil Keggy. Yep. I remember. And, uh, and then the other one was Steve Taylor, who was just such a hero of mine. Right. And probably the reason I wanted to do entertainment in Christian circles, because I just saw him doing it in such a different way and a satirical way. And, um, and so I wanted that. I, I felt like he was kind of our Bob Dylan. He was kind of our David Bowie, our Bob Dylan. Steve Taylor was. And so I wanted to be that. Yeah. When I started doing comedy and, and I was doing it in a church space, but I still wanted to have like an edge to me and I wanted to do it in a, a pointed way. Mm-hmm. Something that wasn't so vanilla. Yeah. Which is what I was seeing a lot of. And so Steve Taylor was that guy for me. So when I met him, I just, I don't even know if I remember my name talking to him, <laughs> just trying to be like, you know. It's like, you don't know what you say. You're like, you are my biggest fan. Like, wait, that's not it. Wait a second. (laughs) (laughs) But for the most part, everybody that I've met over the years have been so great. It's very rare that you have the whole don't meet your heroes moment in that circle. If you make it to be like a legacy artist, now I say this knowing that there's exceptions, but generally if you make it to be like a legacy artist in Christian circles, you have like a humility to you. 
You know, there's yeah. something about it. Like Amy Grant, Stephen Curtis Chapman, those guys, like, it's almost like you're the opposite of a rock star. Sure. Because rock stars don't, they don't have staying power in that sphere. And that's the way it should be, by the way. Agreed. Honestly. Um, which is why it's so hard because you, you live in this thing where it's like self-promotion. It's a sea of self-promotion. And yet you're supposed to remain humble. You're supposed to be these, yeah. you know, it's so hard. So I have such respect for that. And, uh, but most of the people that I've met, you don't walk away going, man, now I have to like forget everything I thought I knew about that guy. The real question music. is the people who feel that way about you, yeah, I, want, I wonder when they walk away and Johnny, I think that's why I've called you here today. Oh, man. Uh, we've gotten some emails oh, no. from the crews. And, and they're and, all uh, here. <clears throat> we had them outside the room right now. I do think about <clears throat> we're so polarized now and divided and we kind of look for reasons to dismiss each other or put you in a camp boil you down so i do think there are people who meet me and think what a great guy i like his comedy i bet he agrees with me on 99 out of 100 things and then if they go to a social media or if they listen to our podcast or whatever yeah. and then they go they hear something that's a little bit different or dissonant from what they might think if they just then go okay time to discard johnny like i do think about those things yeah and i think i've been guilty of doing that to other people before yeah um i think it's dangerous but people do it so stop doing that, people. I don't know. You can do what you want. You're probably right. They can do what they want. Yeah. They will do. But hey, maybe we're maybe we're moving the needle. You know, maybe somebody's like, you know, I'm thinking differently. Mm. We get emails sometimes like, hey, over time. Oh, yeah. No, I, yeah. <clears throat> you know, you caused me first to... I threw my iPod right. across the... And then you were like, you have an iPod? And they were like, yeah. stop judging We've me. been on the air yeah, a long we've time. We've been a long time. Long time. Hey, speaking of a long time, Johnny, I think oh. it's time for uh, us to go back in my segment. I know you're going to go back later. Yeah. But we should go back in my segment. Uh, it's a little uh, segment we like to call They Talked About That. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, this better be good. This quote of the week better be just, it's so regal. Oh, I know, it's so great. Uh, well, it is Black, Has- Black History Month. Yes. And, and so my quote is from Lemuel Haynes, okay. who was a Revolutionary War soldier and then the first black man to be ordained as a minister in the United States. And so he said, liberty is equally as precious to a black man as it is to a white one and bondage equally as intolerable to the one as it is to the other. Hmm. Which in late 18th century, that, that's a... That's a, I think we get this idea sometimes that slavery in particular was just very accepted. Yeah. You know, like, well, that's what everyone did. And they yeah. all, they all, he's a man of his time. Yeah. Right. And th- this wasn't a, a common practice that became more common, but really in the late 1700s, this was not a foregone conclusion that slavery would be mm-hmm. a part of American culture. Uh, there were thoughts that even the American Revolution, because at that point, England had already, you know, emancipated and ended, ended slavery, slavery. And so at some point they ended the slave trade around that time, uh, well, later in the 1800s. But I just think that that quote stands for me as like a, it, it really does come down to whether you're talking hundreds of years ago or now to thinking through the lens of somebody else. Yeah. Because there may be a feeling that, oh, this person is, is, and there's even lots of, of, horrible theories, scientific theories, pseudo-scientific theories that were developed back then that, you know, black people were 
were more tolerable of suffering right. than white people. And therefore, you know, they almost as if God, they would, they would mix religion with this. God had made them for this position of servitude. <clears throat> but to hear someone say, Hey, <clears throat> excuse me, guys, that liberty is actually equally as precious yeah. to all people, just as, uh, this suffering or this bondage is, 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 is intolerable. I just think it's important today as we kind of, you go back to what you said about someone listening to you mm-hmm. and then immediately putting into a camp. Um, it just, a camp causes us to dehumanize yeah. and to think that their experience must be almost like of a different species than mine. <laughs> like yeah. there are those today, seriously, they, they see conservatives or they see liberals as not the same kind of human as themselves. Right. And it makes it easier to, when you dehumanize, you can like justify anything, anything at all you've done that. Yeah. Like we got people talking about civil war now. Like it's just, oh yeah, well, this is what we're going to, you're like, are we crazy here? Right. We're going to tear the country apart now. Come well, on. we have a short memory, you know, on, on some of these things yeah. and the, the, the world at large, I think as it, it feels as if obviously with Gaza and Afghanistan and what's happening in Ukraine, I mean, it's like, there's always unrest, but I, you do feel like that the, that the world's memory has gotten a little shortened yeah. right now. It feels like the temperature's up for sure. Yeah. And I think if we come to the place where we go, um, what, whoever it is that I'm against, the things that I, that I want in life are equally as important to them. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that comes, we've said this before, but it, 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 it bears repeating that I think the real danger to, especially American politics today is the belief that the other side actually wants to destroy their own country. Yeah. Like that, that's a real thing you hear all the time. Um, they're just out to destroy the country. And if you, if you <clears throat> begin with that, <clears throat> guys, I'm so sorry for the coughing. If you begin with that assumption in mind, I mean, it's not even logical. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's one thing to say somebody sees this very differently than me the way that they want this country to be run or the way they think it's best. Um, but the idea that they want to destroy the place that they live just out of spite because you happen to live there gets very narcissistic very fast. Yeah. Instead of saying like, it's almost like we talk about driving on the road. If you live like I did, live your life thinking these people are trying to stop me mm-hmm. from getting somewhere. No, that's true. Yeah, I mean, it's what it feels like when you're in traffic. Yeah. Like, how do they, and I told Sadie that the other day, like, you can live your life road raging uh, and be- really believing that other people are somehow out to get you instead of just you just being a part of a bigger road that happens to be inconveniencing you at that moment. And it's just way less ang- angry to go, well, I don't agree with the politics or I don't agree with the, the approach of what's happening here. But I, I do believe that most of the people are trying to do what they think is best. Now for some of them it's for selfish gain, but it's not to destroy the country. It's that to make it better for them. Yeah, right? right. But the idea that anybody's out to go, you know what, what I really love to do, destroy the place that I live and my family lives. is probably not true because whatever's intolerable to you probably feels just as intolerable to them. So I learned so much, John, <sighs> just by being around you. Go study uh, Lemuel Haynes. Amazing, amazing. I didn't know. I don't know of him. I need to look him up. Yeah. There's so much, so much about his life. Amazing. So, yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. Let's keep going back, John. Okay. Uh, I'll study Lemuel Haynes. I want you to study on this because it's time for our This Week in History. It's the same we call Talk About Then. John, this week, 1971, mm. an emergency nuclear attack warning is broadcast 
on U.S. television and radio when the National Emergency Warning Center accidentally sent out the warning. Mm. Did you know about this? I've heard about this, yes. For the next 40 minutes, regularly scheduled programming was put on hold while listeners waited to hear an announcement from the White House. After the operators realized after the operators realized their mistake, they tried to cancel the alert. However, they were unable to find the correct cancellation code word. It's like you're, they had a code word like you do with your alarm that goes off. Wow. you got to remember, like, they call you and they go, what's the word? And you go, monkey, um, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know what the word was? What? Impish. Well, that'd be hard to remember. I don't know. Maybe they thought, we'll make it impish. Nobody will ever forget no that. No ever get it. Somebody's got it jotted down on, a, like, a piece of paper in their lapel. I feel like it should have been somebody's job to know that word. Like, that's sort of your only thing. They were unable to find the correct cancellation code word. So many stations ignored the cancellation. What a wild time. How is that not? There should be a movie about that. We just thought the world was ending for 40 minutes. We'll call it impish. Yeah. The movie. The movie. (sighs) Dueling, John, was outlawed this week. What year? In Washington, D.C., dueling was outlawed. This week? This week in what year? Uh... 1804. 39. 1839. Went on, went on longer than you might think. Well, they, but they tried Aaron Burr. Congress. Well, you know what? Dueling was illegal, but he. Yeah, there's he actually, some surprises in this. He actually no, killed some There's some surprises here. Congress banned <clears throat> pistol dueling in Washington, D.C. this week, 1839. The legislation was prompted after Kentucky Representative William Graves killed Maine Representative Jonathan Silly in a duel the previous year. Silly, with a C, had called the New York newspaper after. Editor James Watson Webb's coverage of Congress, uh, he called it bias and corrupt. Webb asked his friend and political ally Graves to deliver his dual challenge to Silly. When Silly refused to accept the letter, Graves decided that the manner in which Silly rejected the letter was an insult to his honor. So he then challenged Silly to a duel. Silly felt honor bound to accept. Silly was shot in the femoral artery during the duel and bled to death within minutes. So this is what led to the ban, I guess. This was like the last straw. They're like, all right, this is getting crazy. We got people from other states challenging each other to duels based on newspaper yeah. slander. Uh, but here's the things that I didn't know. In 1804, U.S. Vice President Aaron Burr had killed former Secretary right. of Treasury Alexander Hamilton in a duel. 1806, future U.S. President Andrew Jackson killed Charles Dickinson in a duel. Did you know that? Yep. In 1842, future U.S. President Abraham Lincoln was challenged to a duel. 42, but it was called off at the last minute, and the two duelers became friends. I think I did read about that. There's your movie. Come on. What was his name? I don't know. Oh. It just said, uh, it probably had, there's a link, but I didn't. It just said he was challenged to a duel. The two duelers became friends. There's, that should be, it's like a buddy sitcom. Yeah. Start just out. like the Abraham Lincoln vampire slayer in a duel. Yeah. And then they have to be, they end up being like roommates. Yeah, it's, it's like a show. It's like yeah. a sitcom. It's like they call it. We call it dual personality. You like it? <laughs> I like it. Okay, John. Uh, well, let me find the other. Oh, this one's good. We'll, we'll close out with this one. This week, eighteen forty-four, a U.S. president was saved by drinking. Eighteen forty-four. Eighteen forty-four, saved by drinking. U.S. President John Tyler, who's a lesser-known president, yeah, wasn't. You don't like John Tyler? You're not a fan. I just wouldn't have got that. He's almost killed when the newly built war steamer USS Princeton fires one of its guns. The gun exploded, killing Secretary of State Abel Upshur, wow. Secretary of the Navy Thomas Gilmer, David Gardner, and three others. Tyler was supposed to be present, but had stepped away for drinks. Wow. Uh, he'd stopped on the way for drinks, rather. Uh, 
David Gardner's daughter, Julie, was also on board. Julie had previously turned down Tyler's marriage proposal, but Tyler, comf- uh, but Tyler comforting of her through this tragedy won her consent to be wed. So during the tragedy, he, married? he makes a move. Wow. So sorry about what happened. She falls in love with him in the, the, the guilt or the, the, the grieving and the, in the trauma. Julia, in later years, spoke of how Tyler's quiet strength sustained her through her grief. Well, well, that's uh, another good movie. Tyler became the first U.S. president to elope when he and Julia wed four months later. First? Has there been more than one? The first uh, U.S. president to elope. I don't know. That does sound a little bit like there's other other elopements, but maybe. You should know this. You're a history guy. What do you know about President Tyler? Not a lot. If you had told me there was not a President Tyler, I would believe you. You wouldn't. I'd be like, yeah, that sounds made up. Really? You never heard of John Tyler? I mean, I think I've heard that name. Tippecanoe and Tyler, too. You ever heard that? I've heard Tippecanoe and Tyler, too. I did not know that it was. I thought that was an 80s sitcom, too. (laughs) Guy with puppets, maybe? Yeah, he was the VP for... Who was that? Harrison? I knew a guy who... I remember Benjamin Harrison. Won a battle. Didn't he die after... Didn't Benjamin Harrison die from illness after his inauguration was john tyler did he become president from vice presidency i think he may have if you there's if no you way told to know. me if you told me right now that this was made up you'd and be like wasn't a president john tyler i would still i would believe you i'd be like okay the, the I'd, i've memory hold john tyler the pre abraham lincoln 19th century presidents are very yeah they get they get lost in the mix a lot yeah. and it was a really volatile yeah, As you can un- tell, duels and the, the building up to the Civil War. People and drinking to avoid getting blown uh, up. I've seen it just the once. I think forevermore, if that happened and you wanted to be like, you don't need to drink tonight. would be like, don't I? Hey, hey. hey, remember that time? Remember that time? When I almost didn't stop for a drink Yeah, and everyone else died? Yeah, that could happen again right now on the way to the kitchen. Yeah. Right. Anyway, uh, <laughs> President Tyler with his elopement. So. I want to guess somebody, somebody lost their job that day. Yeah, that's a bad day when you that killed like day. half the yeah the uh, staff of the president. Tell me this cabinet. Tell me this. I want to shift towards this. How do you feel about elopement? Like, like when you have a young couple that you're counseling, yeah, and they're talking about like weddings these days cost you know twenty thousand, yeah. thirty thousand, forty. Comes up a lot. Yeah. And they're like, we're going to go into debt for this. We already have student debt sometimes. Yep. And what do you do? Because you, I've, I've, I've urged so many people to elope over the course of my. And I've heard many times where the, the parents have said, look, if you want to elope, we'll give you this money. Yeah. And go take it for your house or whatever. Take a house or take a nice trip. Take a nice trip. Take some of it and take a trip. Well, we can't do both. Yeah. Um, Some families are the reasons people don't elope, though, because they go, well, your grandmother has waited for this day. That's, that's it. And if yeah. you go somewhere that she can't go be and you're going to go just to the city hall and it's not a night, it's not. There's a holiness that's attached sure. to the sacredness. And I think that. Some people think if you just go to the you know, justice of the peace, it strips away some of that sacredness. It's about a family experience, a shared experience for sure. And I know lots of people who almost did. But should it cost fifty thousand? But when, no, back when it was a sacred thing, and your grandma got married, it wasn't fifty thousand dollars, right? So, and it was okay that you just came to the fellowship hall, whatever church, exactly. You know, and it was all right. Somebody made that pot, was, somebody yeah. made some meatballs. They made the best decorations they could and picked yeah. flowers out of the garden or whatever, and everybody thought that was charming. Yeah. And now it's like you'd be judged for that. Yeah. They used flowers. Yeah, out of you got to have like the photo shoot it's got to be everything's got to be just perfect for the gram but i get it yeah. I, I, I get it but yeah 
I will say this, those who almost did, who didn't, they almost always tell me that they are glad that they went through the experience because it is supposed to be a celebration. Okay. But I haven't had many, I think, I don't think I've had any who's, who actually went through with it. They, they went almost, through it and eloped. Right. Yeah. They they want to. Some after the fact have said. I think people who get into like second marriages, they're more likely to elope because they're like, well, right. we're, we're, why would we? You know, we're not going to do this again. Yeah. I mean, we're if spend it's, this money again. If it's about money. Yeah. I, I, I get it. I do believe, you know, wartime, there's more elopements. You know what I'm saying? Like, and we're not, we're not, elopement and having a simpler ceremony is not the same thing. No. Elope is like, run away, run away, run away. it's just you two. Or it's private in right. a way. Or it's just like the bare minimum family members and stuff. Right. So I can see how somebody might feel left out if they're like, like if we've been buddies for 20 years and then I just find out, yeah, John, I'd be like, well, what the heck? That did happen to me. Yeah. It wasn't 20 years, but remember we had a mutual friend. Yeah. He was my roommate. That's right, and like he just disappeared for like three days. We uh-huh. were in the, we were in our college. Uh, he did he eloped our college group together? And all of a sudden he came back, and and he had been. I don't he, think they'd been dating very long. No, I think that's part of it. Is like he was afraid of being talked out of it, maybe. And so he was just like, I was like, dude, where have you been? He was like, and he, <laughs> I'll never forget. Yeah. He was very uh, such a such great guy. But we, you know, we were in college. We were yeah. all little. We were a little more hippier. Yeah. than we are now. He was like, dude, bless God, man. I've been married for like three days now. Yeah. And I was like, what? He was like, yeah, man, we got married. Uh-huh. And they'd just been gone. I was yeah. like, well, that's, you know, that's awesome. And yeah. they had a bunch of kids and happy. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I know. I'm still buddies with that guy. Are you? Yeah. Both it's, of them. Both it's of them. President John Tyler. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Uh, we um, have a time machine. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, so I don't know how I feel about it, but I understand why people do both ways. So I'm not saying, like, if you wait, if you spend that money on a wedding, it's wasteful to me. I do think that there is a, you got to ask yourself, like, okay, I know I want to have a ceremony because I want people in my, but you got to decide what's really important. What are you doing this for? I think there's a time to be like, do we want to start our marriage in that much debt? Like, I get, all those questions have to be answered. And if it's okay with you and you're like, this is a value to us, we've decided this is, yeah. We've agreed on this. Or if it's like your family paying, that's another thing. If you're really young and your family's like, look, we've allotted this amount. We paid for your other sister's wedding, so just go have fun. Right. Here's, your, here's your budget. Then fine. But that's something you've agreed on. But if you're going to start out and you go, we're both, like when Curry and I got married, we were working in like, I was making like $7 an hour at Home Depot. Yeah. Like for us to go spend a bunch of money on a wedding yeah. would have been really irresponsible. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And no one would have loaned it to us. No. And I didn't have family that was like, hey, we'll foot the we'll bill. We'll take care of this. I, I had the kind of family that did make meatballs. Yeah. I'd be like, hey, you mean those little bacon and hot dog things that you can? Yeah. Hey, those. that's what we'll have. I go, okay, great. Well, we got married in Laura's home church. Yeah. And then there was a small town, Sweetwater. And then we had the reception, remember, in the... At the Lost Sea. And I couldn't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> that should have. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great. Uh, was it a best Western? But it was a big, they had a big like. Oh, the conference room or whatever. It was uh, It was in the middle of the, I'm going to say conference room. Like it a was, banquet hall or whatever. Yeah. But it had like a retractable ceiling that they hadn't opened and it was really hot. Oh, wow. I don't know if you remember that. No. First got in there, but um, it was great. But it, I don't remember the reception <clears throat> for some reason. I'm trying to remember your reception. I remember the Remember wedding. I sang the song that I wrote for her? Yeah. Uh, I remember I think I was so in tr- that day was all about me singing uh-huh. and trying not to freak out because you I were, was singing harmony parts. You were singing what was the song? I was singing from this moment. 
Yes. We're singing the Brian White part. Yeah. Which he's just basically castrato. Right. <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to hit these. <laughs> and I felt bad putting you in up because you and I both, yeah. we hate singing at weddings about. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. Well, and Laura's best friend at the time, Jamie, was singing the Shania part. She's an unbelievable singer. She's got a master's degree in vocal performance. She's incredible. And I'm just like. And then I'm there's just, you. I'm just me and I'm in the dumb you know, rock band with you. And I'm like, <laughs> you're like, we want you to sing. Oh, I'd love to sing. And I thought you were going to ask me to sing whatever. And you were like, uh, no, we want you to do this thing that you're totally uncomfortable doing. You did great. Yeah, I don't know. It was so good. Have you watched it back? No. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't think. No, I think I have it digitized. Um, I had all the video tapes digitized. I would not be able to sit through it. Really? Mm -mm. I just, I don't even like watching myself do stand up. Yeah. I can't even imagine like something that really would make me, you know, cringe at like my former self. That, oof, no way. No way. I'll find it. It's just so out of my, it's so fish out of water for me to be like, here's this. Stand up there with a suit, no guitar. Did you play guitar? No, no. It's a track. Wow. No guitar, and I'm waiting for my moment and trying to hit harmonies while this perfect, you know, she's in perfect pitch. I'm just like, oh no, you did great. Ruin this. No, it was great. It was great. It was a great day. It really was a perfect wedding day. Like it was perfect. It was nice. It was a nice day. And it set you back. You guys started in a lot, a lot of debt. No, that was just my sweet, fee sweet for the singing. <laughs> just Johnny's. You know my fee. Hey, you know what won't set you back in debt that, that bad though, Johnny? What's that? John? That'll become a patron of our podcast. It'll set you back whatever you want. Yeah. You can uh, go support the show and get ad-free content. Go to our website, talkaboutthatpodcast.com. The upper right-hand link will uh, tell you all you need to know about it. And then if you want to send us a note, we love getting notes from our dear listeners, go to that bottom right-hand link. There's a little voice bubble yeah. thing. Click on that. Or you could send an email to hello at talkaboutthatpodcast.com. Yeah, a lot of great emails lately. Got to respond. If, did you see I copied you in a couple responses? Do you know that I saw... Uh, one of our longtime listeners at a show the, this week. Really? Uh, in I was in Black River Falls, Wisconsin, doing like a, a marriage event, a date night kind of event. And uh, Aaron Uglum reached out. Really? He's done drawings and things for mm-hmm. us. He's been listening from the very beginning of the podcast. Longtime listener. Love Aaron. Great guy. And uh, he was like, I think that's close enough to me. I think I may drive. I go, you got to come. Yeah. So he came down. We hung out for a few minutes before the show and after. And uh, great guy. Yeah, it's awesome. So I had him take a photo with me. And uh, I think I shared it on my Insta, but you might not have seen it. I don't. You don't really. I'm, you don't care. Do I try you? to not. You don't follow me anymore. I do follow. That's fine. If you want to follow us, we're both on the socials. Yeah. At, uh, JohnnyW.com is where you find all my tour dates. JohnDriver.com is where you find out about John's latest projects. Yeah. Some writing happening right now. But it's you're, a long process. You're in the zone. You're in the hot box. You're in that. Man, I'm trying to be in the zone. The but gauntlet. I'm, I'm, a, I'm struggling. Struggle busting a little no, bit. I got sick. Not. And then you're like the motivation of the word count and all the stuff. But hey, so it's all going to be fine. I'm sure it's all going to be fine. And the steroids. Yeah. Makes you irritable. And I'm like John on steroids. You are. So, yeah. Not the good kind. That no. make you stronger. No, it's not. It's the kind that make you irritable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. maybe they can switch it up. Maybe. Hey, you guys got any of those? Metabolic? Anab- an- an- Wait. I think it's anabolic. Anabolic? Metabolic? Metabolic steroids. I don't know. I just made a new thing up. You did. Hey. You can get those at our website. Talk about that. No, okay. that. Talk about steroids.com. That probably is a website. Yeah. Hey, guys. Thanks for the time that you gave us this week. Hey, let's do it again, Johnny, next week on.
Finding uplifting news in today's headlines is often like searching for a needle in a haystack. At the Story Behind podcast, we believe in the power of finding heartwarming tales and are happy to share empowering stories with you every week. Hear about how Steve Harvey surprised a dying man on Family Feud with $25,000. Get inspired by the note a waitress received from a patron dining alone. And even hear about how one VIP passenger made a hardworking pilot get emotional before his flight. To start listening to the Story Behind podcast, visit lifeaudio.com or search Story Behind on your favorite podcast platform.